Welcome to Cinespection. Two guys, two opinions, talking about movies, TV, and more. Wonder Woman 1984 grossed $5.5 million this past week, a 67% drop compared to last week. This is a a huge change, and I don't know that Warner Brothers expected that. Um, Their current domestic box office is only $28.5 million, and I know that there's given a pandemic and it was released on HBO Max this week. Let's talk about that for a minute. What do you think? Why did it drop, Gabe? What you know, is this a sign that either everybody watched on HBO Max or that um, you know, maybe people just are, are still afraid to go to the movies? You know, what do you think about those numbers? I I mean, yeah, people are afraid of going to the movies. Um, but it's still I don't know I don't know if that would explain such a steep drop. Um, because this, the, these two weeks should be quite similar, right? Christmas week and New Year's week, they should be somewhat similar. I mean, historic movies that have opened around this time, like Titanic, you know, the, the drops in these two weeks were usually not this uh, steep. So I'm wondering if people are just not into this movie or some of them didn't know what the, HB, the deal with HBO Max was and they were like, I'm just going to watch it there. But I don't know. I, I, I to to what I've seen, I don't think HBO has released their uh, their, their uh, how many subscribers they have. So maybe a part of it is that they just don't know, right? They just don't know. We don't we don't know how many people are watching this thing, and and the box office is not a big indication. Yeah. Yeah, and we know that like we had a pretty big drop from week one to week two in in critic reviews, right? It. It, when it first came out, it was certified fresh, and then within what twenty four to forty eight hours of the movie actually coming out, that it it made a pretty significant drop. Um, almost, it's a B plus on Cinema Score, which is low. It's it's very low. Like most of these movies, you want to get like you know a maybe a minus, but like usually people like these movies. You know, it's 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 just it's what it is. It's uh it's 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 the way it is. People go just to disconnect. They're not that worried about um, you know, uh, the, the biggest quality. They just want to have a good time. And if people yeah. are just giving it a B plus, I think that's a big giveaway. I just don't see this having you know wings. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I I mean I think that you know. We'll have to see HBO's streaming numbers to really know, um, you know, how many people saw it. I, I I think that the box office is a little misleading. I I know that what Regal is still closed across the country, so you have the one of the largest theater companies in the country in the United States closed. Um, I so that could also be something that we're not thinking of. It is. It is its second week, and, you know, I I don't want to go hard on this movie. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to give another review. We've talked about it a lot. But it is is interesting because this kind of leads us into a little bit more that we're going to talk about later. Is this viable? You know, this was the movie that was supposed to tell us if 
streaming services can handle big box office productions or if they're going to be limited to more art house flicks or maybe even you know something on the smaller scale this was a a, a multi hundred million dollar movie right we're talking probably 200 million dollars to make it maybe more i don't know that a streaming service can support it and maybe people are just waiting until the hype is worn off some I don't know. Like I said, we're gonna well, have to see. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, but but that's the thing. I mean, something I was I was listening. Some people talking about it is that usually these movies you go watch them opening week. Like I, I just and and when something's streaming, I don't know if this happened to you, John, but like we still I still haven't watched Mac, and the fact that there's yeah. a new David Fincher movie out there and I haven't watched it, it's just because it's just streaming, and you're like, I'll watch it later. Like last night, I was just like, let's watch something. And and we like we watched this uh, documentary called uh, Totally Under Control. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's about the the failure of the the U.S. government on the on the coronavirus response. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was just like I didn't even think of Mac, and it's right there yeah. on my list, you know. And, and, and but but I think the, the I'm gonna watch it opening day is sometimes better, but for one. Uh, episodes of a show so when they don't release the whole season like they did with Mandalorian you know like oh I want to watch it soon because it was just released yeah and binge worthy TV shows so I binged Cobra Kai in one day but I don't know if people jump right to watch a movie like Wonder Woman 1984 besides of course the geek community and blah blah I don't know I just I I don't I, I guess the thing is that I don't see this like being sustainable the way it is uh but 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 we don't know enough information to you know have a big opinion one way or the other yeah i mean i would also like to see um what is that new george clooney movie on netflix the midnight Midnight uh, sky Midnight yeah sky yeah yeah. you know that's another huge name i mean george clooney doing a streaming movie is is kind of crazy in the first place. I mean, he's not the actor that he once was. Of course, he's not bringing in the same roles. At the same time, you know, like you said, it's been sitting, that movie's sitting at the top of my list. Like, I even pressed play on it once and got like two minutes in and was like, oh, I've got to jump up and do this, right? Right, exactly, exactly. That's why this fucking sucks. Like, we need to have a normal theatrical window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, it it's just yeah. I don't. I don't think a, a movie that streams drives usually drives the same conversation as a movie in theaters. Like I feel like no. people, if it's an event movie, there's a reason why it's an event movie because you gotta watch it and you gotta watch it soon and everybody goes watch. It. And here, I mean, Wonder Woman. I don't know if everybody's seen it. You know, um, I don't. I don't. I see everybody talking about it on Twitter and everything, but the people I follow on Twitter are all you know, movie nerds like us. Yeah. Um, but if you went beyond that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, and many other people in normal times would have been like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes these movies are a bit of a social statement, you know, like I don't love superhero movies, but this one's about a woman. I think the water cooler talk drives a lot of this too. Right. I know, you know, I work in a tech office and I go, I usually, I used to go into the office like at least three days a week. And I'd stop by like my friend's desk at work and I'd be like, watch the show or this or, you know, did you go see? I, I remember when um, Endgame came out, we all were like, okay, 
our office has rules. There is a moratorium on certain things like Game of Thrones episodes got a one week moratorium that extended to Mandalorian. Like when it's a movie, we have a two week moratorium. So like you can't say spoilers for that first week or that, you know, those those first two weeks unless you go into like my office or something. And then we can talk, you know, have a spoiler conversation. Yeah. But the that water cooler talk is gone because nobody's going to the office. And, you know, while I talk to some of my friends at work, it's not the same that it once was. You know, I'm not finding myself sitting around the coffee machine for 10 minutes talking about the last episode of The Mandalorian. The most that'll it might pop up in one of our team's chats and it'll be like, oh, did you check this out? And it's like, oh, yeah, that was really good. Blah, blah, blah. I really like this, this and that. Two minute conversation done over. And also it's it's kind of like the streaming thing that can be a throwaway conversation like it's in that channel. Right. It's in that team that I'm talking to. But if I if I get sidetracked with something else, my attention isn't devoted to that. It's literally a window that I can minimize and it goes away. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I mean, there's also a thing like, you know, many people. It's just, I mean, we'll get to this later, but um, many people just want a streaming service where they can watch something when they want to watch something. Like, I feel like watching a movie. Okay, go to Netflix. We have we have 20,000 movies to watch. Okay. You wouldn't have 90, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. That's fine. They probably have the first Wonder Woman. Or they probably, you know, they, they probably have something, so we just watch it there. Uh, but we'll get to that later. So something we thought would be fun for this week is we would like to talk about uh, the movies that either we rewatched or we watched for the first time this year during the pandemic. And they're older movies, right? They're, they're not, you know, we're not going to be talking about, you know, rewatching uh, movies that came out last year. These are older movies from different eras. But I think uh, we have a lot to say about them. And we both like the movies we're going to talk about. So let's start with mine number one i'd never seen war games uh and i watched it for the first time and i don't know I, how you had never seen war games i just you know it it it, it it's one of those like it wasn't that big where it came from <laughs> um i had actually never even heard i think the first time i heard of it was in uh captain america winter, winter soldier. soldier yeah i think i think it was fantastic i i i loved it i think it it, it works you know, as a high school movie of a guy growing up. And I was also surprised and how would, you know, uh, let's let's just agree. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about spoilers about all of these movies. So let's do the spoiler jingle. Okay, spoilers for war games. Um, the, the the way they defeat this threat is through machine learning, right? Like input and offer information so the machine learns that there's a no-win scenario that it didn't know before. And that, that's what I thought was genius because uh, I'd been reading a lot about AI at that point. I wrote a, a whole article on it on my site and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a review. Um, it was more of a look how well this is portraying our fears of machine learning. And I think yeah. there, there's been a spin um, between what the 80s and even the 90s thought of AI and what we think of it right now, as in we used to think, you know, Terminator, um, it's, it's just a machine would become sentient and just would try to kill us, right? And, and I think in war games, the machine's not trying to kill us, it's trying to save us. 
the only way to save humanity is to destroy it, right? Like the human's worst enemy is hum are are, are yeah. humans. Um, but you're 100 percent right. Like, like the way that we use AI has become a marketing term in this era, like since 2015 or so. AI has really changed the meaning. When we used to think about AI in the 90s, the early 2000s, and this is where I can seriously nerd out, is like we used to talk about it as sentient. Like we're going to, machines are going to wake up and they're going to be able to think and, and actually think, what do, what do I want? And what we've really come to AI now is just computers that can train themselves and machines that teach other machines. And that's how machine learning works. And this actually goes into something we talked about in the last podcast with. The, the Facebook algorithm and how it, it knows what you're doing before you know that you're doing it because it, it learns on itself and it builds on itself. It's really interesting that in the 1980s, this movie had enough foresight to talk about something that is very relevant in 2020 or 2020. All right. Second pick, Demolition Man. I don't know how you had <laughs> I know, I know. It's a, you know, it's 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 one of those I've I've seen so many, uh, Stallone and uh, Arnold action movies from the nineties, but this one just slipped. I don't know what happened. I I have no excuse. I have no forgiveness. I don't deserve it. Um, but it's so so it's genius. It's just like you know, sly being fly, and then Wesley Snipes just going all in. And working so well, you know, like full insane. And then that guy from Beetlejuice—I don't know the actor's name. Do you know who, the guy who plays Otto in Beetlejuice? He's oh. like the 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 the, the governor. Dennis Butler. Leary. No, Dennis Leary oh, is the main. Leary. Is the is the underground guy who actually right. yes, is yeah. bad but good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know his name, but it's the guy who plays Otto in Beetlejuice. You know, the the dad, like mm -hmm. kind of like chubby guy who dances. Um, in the end, because they all do. But anyway, point being, it's just it's it's so good, and I just think that these days the movie would be seen as, oh, Stallone is the 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 far right, and the people in the future are the 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 people in the left. And I don't I don't I mean the movie predicted that conflict, but I don't know if um, it intended to do it. <laughs> you know, I thought it was just like being critical, but not preachy. What do you think? I mean, first off, I love the setting of, of Demolition Man because it's like futuristic, but it's also somehow like Ridley Scott like predicted the future too, right? Like it, it's almost it kind of is like Blade Runner meets the future because when you're on top of the world with all like the regular people, it's like this beautiful utopia, and then you go underground and it's like Blade Runner there right like it's like dystopian and very like a mad max um, yeah, people eating rats and you know, yeah, yeah 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 so it, it's very interesting to see how this movie was able to to see that there would be a massive disparity between the haves and the have-nots i mean it, this thing has pop culture references everywhere to this day if you're playing cyberpunk 2077 i told gabe that there's actually three shells in the bathroom in cyberpunk so like you know i mean i love this movie this movie is something that it's you know there's always awesomely bad movies and like this is on my list of like i will watch it a million times 
it, you know, the acting is not top notch or anything like that, but it's exactly what you want out of a nineties action movie. You can't uh, I disagree. I think, I think the, the acting is top notch for what it wants to be, you know, like it wants to be silly and it wants to be over the top. And yeah. Wesley Snipes is not trying to get, get an Oscar for this. You know, he's just like, ah, you know, like, like yelling every nine and be crazy and just, Stallone is doing Stallone. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I think that's Wesley Snipes in real life, though. I think that that's probably like his natural state. Right? Yeah. <laughs> See, there's that or whatever he's doing on Blade. Another movie <laughs> that I haven't watched. I haven't, I haven't seen Blade. I've seen. Dread You've never seen Blade. No, I just uh, oh man, we are gonna make you review Blade. That's our, that we're gonna yeah. have to review Blade. That's like up there, especially Blade Trinity when you get Ryan Reynolds in there and it's just like ridiculous. Like it just goes. You know, it takes it to the tenth level. Like it's just, it's just so over the top. Yeah, I just, I don't. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Blade, but I was gonna say I don't love uh, action scenes with techno. Um, but I mean, that was a thing in the early two thousands or whatever. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, your picks, John. Uh, yeah. Well, so this is actually hard. also mine because we yeah. uh, we both rewatched all the Bond movies, and you can find my reviews on my site, myopinionize.com. What 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 uh what do you think, John? What do you find that was new or I mean Yeah, you know, going back and rewatching all the bonds and and we've talked about this a little bit. Actually, I think this is kind of what stirred like a lot of our friendship was like sitting there and like discussing bond movies yeah. over the course yeah. of like the beginning of COVID and everything. But like um there are some things that I love about the old Bond movies, just how campy they are and, and the, the ridiculous gadgets. And then there are certain, definitely certain things I appreciate about the new Daniel Craig movies. There are certain things that like would never fly today. Like, you know, we talked about how uh, Roger Moore by the end of, you know, by the end of his tenure as Bond is like this really old man. And there's these like 20 year old girls and you're just a little cringing on it. Well, that's that's. I mean, he's also something I noticed this time. Roger Moore is too horny. He's way too horny. Like in Live and Let Die, he even tricks uh, Solitaire, his love interest. He tricks her into having sex by giving giving him a her uh, a deck of cards where all the cards are the card for lovers. So she's yeah. doing the the right. Oh <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's creepy as hell. Like he's just you know. And, and also, she would lose her power to see the future. She did, didn't she? That was kind of the whole point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for, for Bond, I mean, he's a lady's bad, but you notice some things. And, and I hate, I really hate watching movies with modern sensibilities. I think, um, you know, like, oh, this sounds incorrect for what our, our age. Well, it wasn't made in our age. The movie's 50 yeah. years old, right? So, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to mention on that, but, but I think even back then, Roger Moore was too horny. And conversely, Timothy Dalton was not horny enough. Yeah, but he he was not horny. Well, Timothy Dalton was a he was a dark Bond. He was a dark. He was fantastic. He was fantastic as Bond, but he was not good with the 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 ladies. ladies. Yeah, like the relationship with the female leads. I don't think he was the best. No, definitely not. Yeah, and that wasn't his forte, and and it's fine, you know. In a way, Daniel Craig perfected that formula, I think, of you know, um, being uh, good with the ladies and also a, a pretty good Bond. But 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 he's he's great. I mean, I think 
I don't know if he's the best Bond, but my favorite Bond is Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I know you love Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he's just fantastic. I think, I think he, his movies just got to the level where we want Bond to be, and I don't think the Daniel Craig era is definitely it's Craig, right? Not Craig. I think it's Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got to the the era where there was enough character stuff for Bond because before he was just the guy fighting bad guys, but in Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies, they kind of tie it to something in from his past, an old friend, an old yeah. lover, whatever, well, you know? Roger, the yeah. whole Roger Moore area, Timothy Dalton, all, all, all of those middle, I, I, I want to say the middle of Bond, right? So like, I see Bond in kind of like two major areas. One was the Sean Connery to Pierce Brosnan and Pierce Brosnan is like the end of a book cap. And then you, you kind of start bond over with Daniel Craig, right? Pierce Brosnan gave us a lot of character development. Sean Connery's bond gave us a lot of character development. I feel like everybody uh, in the middle didn't do much. I, I mean, I, I would disagree there. I think, I mean, Beyond the he drinks the martini, he's the cool guy, he has the cars. I don't know. I mean, and he's fantastic in the role. This is not crapping on Sean. Well, it's not necessarily him as Bond because who plays Bond in when he gets married and that this sort of Bond movie? Why am I blanking on the guy's name? Uh, George Lazenby. Wait, okay, we need to stop. We're gonna spend two hours talking about Bond. <laughs> Let's do yeah, yeah, yeah. an episode just about Bond. Because I, I like this top topic. Which ones are more character? So let, let's yeah. let's put a pin on that for hopefully uh, soon. Just uh, just James Bond stuff yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, your last pick, which we don't have a lot of time for, but it's Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. You know, I this was my rewatching it during COVID was probably my second time watching it. I think maybe. Anyway, it, I, it had been a really long time. I remember seeing it on Netflix a while ago, and I watched it, you know, like, in a delirious, like, sleepy state. And then, like, this time around, I, like, really got into it and sat there, like, you know, popcorn in hand watching type thing. Great movie. Also, can, can Chris Evans do bad stuff? Like, I don't know if you saw Knives Out. But he was I amazing. Did, of course, he was fantastic. He can do bad stuff. He was the human torch. Yeah, but he, you know, he was but, a pretty decent human torch. He was a good human. I, I, I would say everybody by, else in that movie, yeah, though. Yeah, like, yeah, come on. He 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 gives his best. He's the best part of those movies. Um, but yeah, he can do bad stuff. I mean, he he's not perfect. But in, in this movie, that scene in the end where he talks about what he did to Edgar's mom. And it's just it's heartbreaking. It's 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 a really tough scene to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean and well, once you kind of find out like the deep dark story of the train and everything like that, it's just right. it, it's a great movie. If you haven't watched Snowpiercer, you have to go watch it. It's yeah. it's one of those movies that just it's a little it's it's violent. It's I don't know where you would put it on the action to drama spectrum because it does have a lot of dramatic elements to the movie. Yeah, but it is an action movie, though. I think I think it has enough action, like fighting. Uh, I, I think it has. But what do you think? Yeah. Just to close it out, what do you think about the the TV show that they're? I haven't seen it, but do you think it was? A I haven't good? seen yeah. it either. I haven't yeah. seen it. I you know I I don't want to ruin the movie for myself basically because I did love the movie. Right. Um, 
it's one of those things. And I think this is actually a pretty good segue into our next section, which is, you know, about streaming services and like all of these, even for John Wick, like Showtime is, is going to be making a, a continental show. Like they're trying to basically, they've seen the formula that Disney is going after with all of these streaming services tying into these universes. And like, maybe this is the way to hook people into long-term streaming right like disney plus for instance yeah maybe i don't know i i i don't care about that show i watched the trailer and it looked like a like an inferior version of the same movie so i have no interest in it yeah Uh, and jennifer connelly's in it for some reason she needs a better agent maybe that that was not good but uh let's move on to our next section because like you said it was the right segue all right so Something that we thought would be fun to discuss is Apple TV Plus, the streaming service that nobody has except for those that have a new iPhone, you know, within the last year and a half or something, or a new iPad or whatever. So is Apple TV Plus, with its sophisticated, high budget, and seemingly quality content that not a lot of people are watching, are they becoming the new HBO? Because HBO was known for being, you know, the... Exactly the, that. Sophisticated, yeah, high-budget, you know. Yeah, exactly. They had shows that you were seeing anywhere else. They had the TV version of The Godfather, you know. They, they had uh, a, a dark comedy in Six Feet Under before anybody else was doing that. They had Rome before, you know, high, big, big, like, super big budget Deadwood, shows. They had, I mean, Deadwood, yeah. uh, Oz, The Wire... Entourage, Um, you know, I mean, God, the the amount of shows, Game of Thrones, I don't know how we hadn't said that yet. Like, you know, I mean, literally, like, they've had a major hit show, uh, Succession. I told you about that recently. I was like, you have to watch Succession. Um, But now now HBO Max is trying to appeal to everybody. Now they're like, we're the superhero content one. And we have friends, right? Um, you know, you like Joey, I, right? I think, that's a, I think that's a really big problem, too, is so whatever the algorithm that HBO Max is using, and we talk about HBO Max quite a bit on this show, but I went on there the other day just to look around and, like, find something to watch, and I'm rummaging through, and it's like, here are Gal Gadot's picks for her favorite movies currently on HBO Max. I'm like, I don't care. First off, if you know that I watch Wonder Woman, you would know I bombed it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen that. I just, to me, HBO Max is the platform that I go either to watch Friends or The Big Bang Theory or yeah. to watch, but mostly to watch HBO content, you know? Like yeah. if I, 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 we watched The Vow there, right? Like, you know. I mean, that's where I've been watching Succession. That's where I caught up on it. But the, right. the, the question is, is, yeah. is, yeah, oh, The Watchmen, another great show that they're doing right now. Yeah. The question is, are they going to keep doing shows like that? Are they going, or are they going to try to have a mass appeal? I don't know. I, you know. I do think that Apple TV Plus could be the new HBO. And the reason is if you have watched any of the content on there, or if you listened to us before, I'll rave about, you know, For All Mankind, which from the creator of Battlestar Galactica, uh, 
is a show that kind of touches on things that I love, which are like alternate futures or multiverse. Um, and, and then I also have an affinity for like space and all things space. So, you know, they do have some really cool shows on there that I think people could watch. I think it's going to take a really long time. Now, luckily, Apple is the largest company in the world, like cash-wise, market cap. They have, a, I think, last I read, almost $300 billion in cash sitting around. So this could literally not make money for the next 10 years, and it would be perfectly fine with Apple. Yeah, they'd be fine. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 a it, it's fine. It's 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 a it's a plus, uh, literally for for having them, you know, for buying a new phone or it's just yeah. something they give you. Um, I but I think that it, it it was hard for me to comprehend what they were going for with with this, because nobody was going to be like, oh, I need the new one, you know. But they're not trying to. Oh, we're gonna have a. Uh, a sitcom we're gonna have no they're, they're gonna give you something that you're not getting somewhere else and they're gonna yeah. give it to you from the people that you like so you like yeah. about Shyamalan I do I love it my M. Night Shyamalan so they got me Servant you like the Battlestar uh, Galactica guy they got you for all mankind Spielberg is working with them um this is what Deep Pockets gives you, though. When you have right, more right. cash than most world governments, right, you can be able to do things like this, even if they're pet projects. You know, HBO wasn't excess, a success overnight. And matter of fact, I, I've read a little bit about it. Like, you know, it was it was a while before HBO started doing their own original content. It was a huge risk when they did it. Um, right. Could this be the same thing for Apple? It could easily be. And I'll I'll tell you when my subscription runs up, if it's anywhere near where For All Mankind Season 2 comes out, I'm going to be getting another year of it or whatever, right? Um, because it was it, I would pay a year just to see Season 2 of that show. I don't know that I have that love of any HBO show right now. Right. Like I really do like Succession. I really do like Watchmen. But I don't it, if I stopped watching them tomorrow, it it's not like a must see for me. Like the end of Succession was really good, but it wasn't like, oh my god, I have to see next season three. The end of Watchmen was good. I was actually kind of surprised that they even renewed it for another season. I didn't think they were going to. No, they haven't. Yeah. Oh, they haven't. They, still? They haven't. No, they. I don't think they will. I think they should just leave it there. Um, but I, I mean, that's just me. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they are doing um a video game show on HBO, The Last of Us. I'm a little excited for that. That was a great game on PlayStation. That doesn't sound. That doesn't sound like HBO. I think it just it doesn't. I know it's made by by Craig Maltzen Maltzen, uh, the guy who did uh Chernobyl, another fantastic HBO show. Yeah. 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 Um. I think it was made by him. Um, yeah, it's gonna be made right. by him. Well, and if you've seen, the, if you've seen the, or if you've watched the game or played the game, it it could be an H. Like I could easily see it becoming a very good HBO show. Um, it could be the next Walking Dead in my mind, but it's not a zombie show. It's kind of a zombie show. It's really hard to explain. I don't know. We'll you know we'll have to see when one season comes out. And they're also I think that they're going to really heavily rely on the fandom from Game of Thrones. I think they made a huge mistake by not having 
this new show ready to go as soon as Game of Thrones ended because the hype is dying on Game of Thrones, right? Like everybody's seen it, everybody saw the end, everybody hated the end of Game of Thrones. So like is HBO you didn't hate it? Or you I didn't see it. I didn't I didn't hate it. Um I didn't like it that much, but I didn't hate it. Okay. So well, you didn't I'd love, love to have that yet. conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have that conversation. Um yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. The other day I was hearing just people don't think or talk about Game of Thrones anymore. It's just out of the pop culture bubble. Like people yes, keep thinking, people keep thinking. Like you still talk about Batman v Superman, be Superman, so help us God. But you know, and people keep talking about some Disney stuff. And but I mean, it's in some ways that might be a good thing because maybe it'll allow for a fresh start. Yeah, give me new stuff. I want to talk about servant. I want to talk about. For all mankind. Yeah, but they're they're going to bring out the House of Dragon, which is like the lead up, you know, a thousand years before in Valeria and the House of the the Targaryens, right? Right. So, I mean, I mean, they are, but I mean, doesn't if if they are, it doesn't mean they should. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just think there's a point in which, like, I know established IP is what we like, but when you watch something new. You know, in my case, it was Servant uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I, I just, I, sometimes it, it brings something new, bringing something new to the table. It's oh, really I, I agree. Right. And if, if, should if, stop, you wanna, yeah. if you want to keep something in the public eye, though, right? Like, for instance, the best example that I've seen of this is you had Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Everybody loved Breaking Bad. And then you lead it up with Better Call Saul. And I haven't finished Better Call Saul. I've heard that it gets to the point where it's almost better than Breaking Bad now. But that being said, they 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 finished Breaking Bad. They started Better Call Saul like following, I think, less than a year later. I think HBO is making a really big mistake because the hype on Game of Thrones is completely over. Good, bad, indifferent. So like when they bring out this new show, House of Dragons, it's going to take you know, it, uh, Game of Thrones took what two or three seasons to actually get a lot of hype behind it. So it one red wedding, yeah, one, one red wedding, and then it became a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and that was what end of the second season, I think. So, the the craziest thing though is Third now season. you're yeah. you're going to start over, right? Yeah. You're going to start that whole process. I just think it's not a, a winning combination for them. I think that Apple TV could easily take the whole. Um, the whole thing away from them. Or, and I had put this down here, Amazon Prime Video. You know, they've been very selective in the shows that they're making. Um, They've had some really great shows. They've had a lot of misses on there, right? But they've had some great shows. I don't know if you watched The Boys. The Boys is excellent. I have. It's fantastic. Um, I think, well, I think in that sense, I think even though these streaming services might look like they are replaceable because of what I hinted at in the beginning, which is people just want something, you know, I want to have something on in the background. Oh, I like friends. So I'll have friends on the background. Oh, I like the office. I'll have office in the background. You know, people think like these people think HBO thinks, uh, I should say AT&T thinks, um, and, uh, and, 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 and Comcast, you know, telecom companies. Yeah think that people are going to pay $15 a month to watch friends on the loop. And I don't, I don't know how that'll happen. So the, the, the streaming services need to have something like, why do I have HBO max and what, and not Netflix? Or why do I have HBO max in addition to Netflix? 
And I think both Peacock and HBO Max have nothing that sets them apart from Netflix. And people already have Netflix. So why would I have yeah. another one? You know, is it only to watch Wonder Woman 84? Eh, I might just, you know, get it one month and then cancel it. But well, and this is probably of, why. Yeah. I mean, just, just to be disappointed. Yeah. Like in the case of, of Apple TV Plus and even Disney Plus, it's like, well, Disney, you have all the stuff for the kids and all the nostalgia. And it gets old, I think, for many people, including myself. But that's what, what the streaming service is for. And Apple TV Plus, what is it for? Oh, it's for a sophisticated, uh, you know, kind of viewers. They want to see this kinds of shows, different kinds of shows. They're probably not trending on Twitter all day, but they're really quality storytelling, you know? And, 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 and in that sense, I think Prime also has its own thing. For one, Prime is not a streaming service in the in the traditional way. It's more of a, a plus when you get, you know, free shipping, basically. But yeah. um, Prime has a lot of B-movies. Have you they noticed? They, they have, like, the Velocipaster, and you know, they have lots of indie stuff. They can just go to festivals, and they're like, you know, let's get just, like, 20 movies and whatever, you know? And many people like that. Many people. Like they also, I think a lot of their show, like, I don't know. Did you watch Man in the High Castle? Based, you know, I, tried, based... I tried the first season. It's just so boring, man. See, I loved Man in the High Castle. But, like, that's also, <laughs> I, I love multiverse. Like, I just love, like, when, when you start getting into, like, Man in the High Castle season two, I don't want to get into it too much. But, like, when you start getting into the interdimensional and being able to, like, actually blur the lines between two universes at once so basically the nazis are trying to take over like our earth right like where we won like i love stuff like that but they yeah. they do special shows that a lot of people like and they i think that that might be their niche along with apple tv plus you had said this a while ago a lot of the hbo subscribers haven't merged their accounts over to hbo max subscribers yet exactly like, which is insane because because they're these sophisticated viewers that don't care that you now can get friends in the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. You want to watch Succession. They want to watch The Sopranos. They want to watch whatever, you know, The Vow. Yeah. They yeah. want to watch, like, quality. And they, you also, with HBO, you always, you always gotten movies. But usually, in my experience, you got the, HBO got the, 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 the rights to broadcast the movies months before anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it was sophisticated because, you know, when the movie was out on Blu-ray or on VHS even, you know, when it was first released, that's when HBO got it. So three, four months after it came out. And, you know, and nobody this else. Is, this yeah. is something that we, we talked about in the last podcast that we want to review, right, is it's Harry Potter. Warner Brothers, one of their tentpole franchises. They don't have it. They don't have it on HBO Max. Why? Why is it not on HBO Max? It's not on any streaming service. I have I bought all of them on Amazon Prime like a couple of years ago so that I could watch them whenever I wanted. Um, but why are they not on HBO Max? This is this is the the quintessential like you want to be able to if you want to be able to get more viewers in, you're going to give Harry Potter away, right? Like Disney has all the Marvel movies, even stars because stars i think is owned in part by sony they have even their marvel movies on there they have like spider-man homecoming and and far from home and and venom on there why is hbo max not using one of its arguably biggest properties 
I don't know, well, but I can I tell you. I don't know, but I think, I mean, I think what we're going to evolve to, and I was, I was listening to some people discussing this, is just exclusivity streaming rights are not a good thing. Um, yeah. Because if you want to stream Wonder Woman, you got to get HBO Max. Like, dude, understand, not everybody's going to get HBO Max. Um, just to stream Wonder Woman, you know? Well, why, you know, why don't they allow people to buy it? They didn't allow anybody to buy it. And also, I, I, I noticed that Wonder Woman is only available for streaming for a month, right? For a month. And then to, to rescue theaters is going to exclusively theaters, which is fucking ridiculous. Because by the time it goes only to theaters, it'll be making $800,000 per week. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, 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 um, it's weird. I think eventually you'll be able to catch... Uh, Harry Potter on Netflix and HBO and uh, whatever on Peacock, like you'll be able to to catch it on several places, and that's the way they'll evolve eventually. Because the exclusivity is just not going to work for anybody. Maybe Disney, maybe Disney. Um, and, I think and, it'll work for Disney yeah. because they their catalog that they're growing, and you know we we have kind of dogged on Disney a little bit about their catalog and being like, you guys are giving us. 10 Star Wars, and yeah, we're excited, but we hate you all at the same time. Like, that's why they're going to win, in my opinion. <laughs> like, because they're literally like, okay, you guys want content? We're going to back up a dump trunk, dump truck and just dump as much content on you as possible, whether you wanted it or not. And yeah, that's probably also, why Disney's going to win. Yeah, but also I think if, if Disney, if you're beyond like liking the, the fanboy things like Star Wars or Marvel or you won't have Disney Plus because if you want content for kids, you can just get it with Netflix. And you also have yeah. with Netflix documentaries and you have a, a adult-themed series and older movies. And Netflix is doing so well on the new content. And yeah. they're doing so well. They, they, they're the only one that capture, like, for example, Raised by Wolves, the HBO show that was produced by Ridley Scott. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really want to watch it, but I haven't heard anybody talk about it. No, my my, my buddy actually told me about it the other day. He watched it. He said it was pretty good. There you go. Only person. But yeah, everybody person. talked about the Queen's Gambit, yeah. right? Like everybody's talking about Cobra Kai now. Like Netflix yeah. is doing a, a great job at that, and I don't think anybody else. Maybe Disney with the Mandalorian, but because it's Star Wars. But whenever we're all sick of Star Wars, um, well, I, happened, you know, we we talked about that too much in this yeah. show. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief on I, that. I think something that nobody has ever like really touched on though with Disney Plus, and we actually haven't touched on this at all, is that they actually have Nat Geo on there, and they have phenomenal documentaries on there, and they have a lot of cool shows on there. But like they don't ever promote that as part of Disney Plus. It's like Marvel, Star Wars, Disney princesses, and it's yeah. like never like you know all of these really great documentaries that have been on Nat Geo that they got when they acquired Fox. Um, I loved it. I mean, there's there's a show on there called Mars. If you if you haven't watched it, you definitely should. It's a documentary, but it it's it, it uses documentary elements and it also like forecasts the future of how we're going to land on Mars and eventually colonize. Cool show, but nobody's ever heard of it, right? Like, oh, I mean, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> it is I never cool. heard of it. Yeah, I'll add it to the watch list. Uh, hopefully, it won't stay there forever. Um, well, that's it for us, though. Before yeah. we drive ourselves crazy with these streaming people but just peacock i won't pay extra to watch more seasons of the office i've seen them i mean 
people watched them because they were a part of the Netflix package they were already paying for, but I doubt millions of people will pay for Peacock just so they can rewatch The Office. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not worth it. And so, like, they were like, oh, well, we have all these bonus content and blah, blah, blah. Like, and then they released the bonus content. Like, they gave us the one, it was the one opening to an episode where, like, Jim tricks Dwight by making him think he's in the Matrix. And then I watched it for free. But I don't need to see the entire episode that that led up to. You know why? Because I've seen every episode. And, like, the first five minutes. That clip was terrible. Yeah, it was so long. Like, the funny yeah. thing about The Office, and, oh, God, we're going to go into this, but, like, it, those, like, two-minute openers were the best parts of the episodes, arguably. So, like, making it this long five-minute thing, and it, like, takes forever, and The Matrix is so tired, and we can get into this. They shouldn't be making another movie, but anyway, I'm done. I can't talk about that, because now I'm going to get on a huge tangent that'll take, like, four hours to get over, but... <laughs> But suffice to say, Peacock, I am not paying for your service. And, I mean, I'll pay for others. So that's all the information you get, you, you're getting on me. Um, but let's close this out. John, as always, it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Week, five episodes in in this thing. Um, let's pat ourselves on the back. Because it's, 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 it's been a journey and it's been a month. <laughs> um, yeah. I am Gabe. You can find me at Film Opinionitis and on filmopinionitis.com. And John, you can find him uh, on Twitter at J O H F I R T H, Joe Firth, uh, where we write about movies and we promote this show, Cinespection, which, if you haven't subscribed, you should do so right now because you get every episode. And we're here. Coming soon, we'll have a game show, but that's a topic for another day. John, have a great night. You too, I'll Gabe. See you next week. This has been Cinespection.